Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 7th, 2013. Today we're reading from the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 7, entitled Working with Others, on page 95. The first, I'm sorry, the second full paragraph beginning with, if he is not interested in your solution. Today's readers are Penny E., Judy B., Carol P., and Fran. And the share code for Friday's meeting, that's January 4th, is 3619. The share code for yesterday's meeting, Sunday, January 6th, with Rosemarie, 3626. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Lois to read the 12 steps. Uh, Good morning, Vision for You. This is Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts, and I'm happy to be of service today. Uh, The 12 steps. One, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to make to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I will pass. 
Thank you. I will now call on Rebecca to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Rebecca, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Rebecca. How our meeting works, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. Again, we're in Chapter 7, working with others on page 95, the second full paragraph, beginning with, if he is not interested in your solution. And I will ask Penny E. to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Leah. This is Penny E., a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. If he is not interested in your solution, 
If he expects you to act only as a banker for his financial difficulties or a nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he, this he may do after he gets hurt some more. We talked about reading a second paragraph, but there is so much in this one paragraph. Um, I think we'll, I'll just stop there, uh, and I would like to share. Uh, Leia reviewed a little bit, but I'll just review again, too. Uh, the 12th step. This is the 12th step, working with others, having had a spiritual awakening. As a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. All right, so it says, if he's not interested in your solution, so what solution are we talking about here? In the paragraph prior to this one, it talks about simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools. The spiritual tools, of course, are these steps, you know, this program of action, this spiritual way of life, outlined in detail, precise directions on how to stay stopped, how to stay stopped, how to live uh, with... uh, connected to our higher power, clear-cut directions. And uh, as we learned earlier in the book, that's the only way to stay stopped, being connected to God, finding God, relying on God. It says if he's not interested in your solution. So also prior in the big book that I learned here on Vision for You is there's two questions that we ask people, you know. Do you really want to stop for good? And are you willing to go to any length? Willing to go to any length? Those are major questions. I said yes, 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 but some people are not. We may have to drop him if he's not ready because what, what does he need to do? Suffer some more. Go and experience some more pain. You know, pain is the great motivator, and if we're not ready, if I'm not ready to go to any length, then maybe I need to be some, some, some more assurance, some more assurance that I'm powerless and that my life has become unmanageable. So good morning, everybody, and thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Of course, Paula. Thank you. You know, he says, it says it starts with if he's not interested in your solution, but we see just above that, here's what you are to offer him, friendship and fellowship. And then it goes on, and this is it. There is nothing you can do if he is not interested. Bend over backwards, give it a shot. Give him your bankroll, oh, yeah, that'll do it. There is nothing you can do once you know that, that this is God's place. You know your place. And it says, you know they say a flower blooms at its own pace. You can't make a flower bloom faster. Oh, well, I'll water it more. No, you'll drown it. I'll put it out on the sun. Then it'll dry out. Do you hear it? This part, though, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. That doesn't mean God's dropping him. He's made a decision. And that decision is his alone to make. And then it says, if this he may do after he gets hurt some more. And as was said, pain is a great motivator. It can do what you can't do. That's what he wakes up with and that's what he goes to bed with. That pain. Only when he wants relief from the pain. You've already given him 
the solution. Now it is up to him whether he takes it or not. And with that, you can be at peace and you can rest. And I thank you and I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is yeah, hi. hi, this is Kathy from Maryland. Janice and then Kathy. It was actually Kim, not Janice. I'm sorry, Kim and then <laughs> Kathy. Thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. If he is not interested in your solution, so what is the solution? You know, so often newcomers come in the room and they say, well, give me the diet. Give me the diet. I want, I want to lose this weight. Is that our solution? No. No, our solution is a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And what is that solution? How do we get to that personality change? That is the steps. You know, there's 12-step programs. I think there's over 212-step programs now. And the only thing that's different, the only thing that's different in all those 12-step programs is the wording of the first step, what we are powerless over. At that point, we are all united on that solution, which is getting back to God. So the first thing we have to do is be willing to put down our substance, whether it's drugs or alcohol or food or gambling, and that gives us available for what the solution is. So if someone thinks the solution is a food plan, which I did for many years. I stared at a food plan for many years and wonders why I was miserable. If that's the only thing they want, they're not ready. It's not a judgment. It's, an, it's, it's just that our solution, the reason you come to Overeaters Anonymous is because you have the problem. I have an allergy of the body that once I ingest certain substances, I have to have more. My body demands it. And the only way that that is eradicated is by abstaining from those substances because there is no other suggestion that the the doctor's opinion tells us. The only um, rest that they have for us is entire abstinence. And then we go towards the solution. Then we have the clarity of mind to address the larger aspect of our disease, which is the obsession of the mind. So if the person is not interested in that solution, there's really nothing we can do for them. They might as well go to a, you know, a regular diet club if all they want is the food plan. If they think their problem is food and weight, then all they need is a diet program. So if he is not solu- interested in our solution. So as a sponsor, as someone who has recovered, I let them know I'm not a counselor. I'm not their banker. I'm not the shoulder to cry on. I am someone who's going to bring you the, walk you through this first 164 pages. End of story. I am a one-trick pony. Darn good trick, but I am a one-trick pony. So we have to be clear on what is the solution. This is not about a food plan. This is about a program of recovery that will bring us that psychic change, that personality change, that spiritual awakening, that spiritual experience that is sufficient to bring about recovery. And we need to be clear on that as sponsors. We need to be clear on that as recovered people. And, and the newcomer needs to be clear on what we offer. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Kathy, please. Hi, good morning. Kathy, Hi, sorry. About, yeah, I'm right here. Sorry about that. Um, good morning. This is Kathy from Maryland. Um, I love this line. 
if he expects you to act as his banker for his financial difficulties or his nurse for his free, you may drop him until he changes his mind. We in OA have a lot of problems, and I've encountered this myself when we're sponsoring people. So where we draw the line between sponsoring people on the program of recovery and when we become their enabler. And you, this is, you, we're not here to be their banker. We're not here to be um, immerse them in addiction. We're not here to coddle them. We're here to teach them, show them the way, give them the roadmap, give them directions along the way, and, and, and hold their hand as they go on this journey. But if they're not ready to go on this journey, and what they're really looking for is a psychiatrist, what they're really looking for is someone to um, take them in, to um, um, justify their crazy behavior, hey, red, red, red flag should be shooting up left and right, and it's time to walk on. Because if you do, they're never going to see recovery. They're never, they've got no need to have recovery because they're getting by just fine because they've got you to depend on. You're going you're gonna to smooth out all the rough edges. And that's, that's not what it's about. It's about working these steps. And the problem is, is that when I find myself working with somebody like this, they can suck the life out of you. And then the next thing we know, they're sucking my recovery out of me. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a type where if we walk sponsoring people and working with others as to where, how much we give and how much we need to stop and hold back. And, and with each person, the, the scene changes. We, we have to do different things. But it's a, it's a place we need to be very, very careful as to what the motives are of the person we're sponsoring. And is their interest truly genuine in working the steps, or are they really looking for something else? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. This is Leah. I'd like to comment on this as well. Uh, we're getting a dose of tough love here um from from those that uh pen these pages it says you may have to drop him until he changes his mind this he may he may do after he gets hurt some more <laughs> i mean just think of it you know this is a book uh where they spilled out their their uh blood and tears on these pages and you know in order to help the alcoholic get out of the gutter and yet and yet uh, the big book guides us here with some tough love. You know, if if he's not interested in your solution, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. Uh, you know, how did they know? How did they know? I mean, if we don't deal with the disease, the disease will deal with us. It does not need any um, convincing through any uh, human aid. You know, the disease will convince us because pain will drive you here. And if you leave, pain will drive you back. If you're lucky, you know, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he may do after he gets hurt some more. Listen to this language. It's so blunt. This he may do after he gets hurt some more. They know the disease. They know the disease and they know, uh, they know the alcoholic. You know, just like you and I know the compulsive overeaters that although it's hard to come here, although it is difficult to muster up enough ego deflation to crawl our way into an overeaters anonymous meeting, it's the truth is it's harder to stay. Most people don't stay. Not because the program of recovery doesn't work, 
it, it works as well today in 2013 as it did in 1939. The trouble with compulsive overeaters of my type is that, is that although there's an answer available, a solution that is available, compulsive overeaters of my type are reluctant to do anything about it. And although there are suggestions that are given in, in these pages, that will arrest the disease and enable a compulsive overeater to start a whole new life, most compulsive overeaters have no enthusiasm to pursue that. <laughs> that's, that's the nature of the beast. They have no enthusiasm to pursue the program of recovery because compulsive overeaters of my type, against all information, against all evidence, persist that I'm not really like that, therefore, I really don't have to do those things. So that's why the big book says here, this he may do after he gets hurt some more. That's the reality of the disease. If we don't deal with the disease, it will deal with us, exclamation point. With that, I pass. Anybody else like to comment on this paragraph? Yes, this is Liz. I'd like to share. Hi. Please go ahead. Okay. I'm Liz L. from Virginia, and you guys are talking about me. I had to hit my bottom. I was looking for a sponsor in my hometown. Nothing was good enough. I did talk to this one woman, and she wanted me to do something, and I wasn't ready. And I ate something the other day, and I it triggered big time. Um, sugar got me depressed, suicidal. I was a total wreck. I prayed and prayed for help. Um, thinking that the sponsor wasn't right. And I started a meeting, and I, had a, I communicated with her. I asked her for clarification, what was she wanting? You know, I thought I couldn't call her until I was asking her for two weeks. That wasn't the case. So I communicated, and um, she became my sponsor, and I had the best sleep last night, and I was more Thank you for letting me here. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on what was read, please? It's Linda from Connecticut. May I share? Of course, Linda. Go right ahead. Good morning, dear. Uh, I am a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God, and I thank God and all of you for it. Um, The last person I sponsored, which was quite a while back, was because I realized I didn't know how to sponsor because I couldn't let go, and it did drain the life out of me. And I, just this morning, as you're talking, realized... I am a one-trick pony. That's a really good image. And um, the hard part of it is I I know that some of these people are going to die. I mean, like right in front of me, practically. I've been to a number of funerals. So, uh, But it's reality. So I thank you for sharing that because um, letting go, I have to do it so I don't die. And, and I have to face the, and I'm willing, it's not easy, to face the fact that most people don't want it, and a lot of them do die. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Hi, this is Nancy from yes. New York. Yes, this is Jenny Ann from New York. Yes, hi. Nancy. I just want to say, yes, can you hear Go me? Go ahead, Nancy. Yes, on this paragraph, right. please. Thank you. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Thank God that you're in my life, and I'm so happy to be here speaking to you right now. And I just want to say that with this disease, we didn't create it, we can't control it, and we can't cure it. 
And the line is to say to drop them. It is tough love, yes, but it's another word we can say. It's just detaching. You can detach with love, and you can keep them in prayer, and you can, can model to them your life and your lifestyle and how happy you are and how living an abstinent life and a sober life is a healthy life. And that's all I have to say today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Nancy. And did I hear someone else, please? Yes, Betty Ann from New York. Betty Ann, thank you. Go ahead. Um, to me, you know, this is about letting go of the other person and letting go of me and my ego. It's about surrender and surrendering my will as well. I know when I've sponsored people, I've gotten too entangled with them. And I thought, oh, if I could only convince you that I have this solution, I mean, never in my life have I been abstinent so long and feel so good and all that. But actually, um, you have to let go of them. And that's the hard part because I'm a fixer and I want to fix people. And um, you can't. You absolutely can't. You have to say, God be with you and I hope that you, and whenever you need me, I'm here for you. And it's all, it's up to you. It's your recovery. And don't get into an argument. Don't get defiant, get their defiance up or any of that. And I shouldn't get mine up either. I mean, I have to let go of these people. And uh, there are some people who really want it. And those are the people that are I, you know, great and do well. Thank you. With that, I pick. Thank you, Betty Ann. Let's move on to the next paragraph now, please, with, Bet- with Judy B. This is Judy B., a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And at this point, um, we have actually talked to the person and um, befriended them. We have told them about ourselves. We have explained what's happened to us. Um, We have even explained to them that uh, it's going to be important for them to put other people ahead of their own own, uh, desires. Um, So this is not just the very beginning. This is is a time when um, the person knows about our program now. We've talked about what, what's worked for us, and uh, we've asked them to read more in the book. And I think um, in the beginning we can, we, be, we can be willing to read some of it with them, even to refer them to meetings which talk about uh, the material. Um, but at this point, I think it's important that we say, uh, if, if you're interested in this, it is important to put the food down because that has to be the beginning. And I know so often people say, well, that's, you know, I can't do that. But we know that um, we can all put the food down for a, for, a, for a day. We can all put the food down for a certain amount of time. It's staying stopped that's um, the difficulty. So if we can get, get them to commit to putting the food down for a day, we can even um, agree to talk to them again and and help them through this. If um, if they choose to 
to choose the food over finding God, then there's not anything we can do about it. And they will, they will, you know, get into more pain and then, and then, um, either go with the disease or, or find a way to come back and, and ask us to help them. And I just think as sponsors, we, we need to be willing to help, but we have to know that we can't do it for another person. You know, the desire must be theirs. And, um, even though this is a program which which has a beautiful solution, it is not easy, and we have to be willing to do the things that it requires. And um, and and as sponsors, we we we're willing to be there to help people through it, but we we cannot we cannot pull them through it. We cannot we cannot do that for them. Um, so just a beautiful program, but it does it does take willingness. It does take. Um, a person who's willing to do the hard work. And uh, if they're willing to do the hard work, the joys that, that come from this program are are beyond belief. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning again, Leah. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. Boy, this is a this is a powerful, powerful disease. You know, I think a lot of people, myself coming in, I saw these happy people and I wanted it. I wanted it. But did I sincerely wanted it? No. No, I didn't want to put down the food. I didn't want to give up doing what I wanted to do. I wanted to see the I wanted to experience the results. And then maybe I'll put the effort into it. Maybe. Just maybe. So if he is sincerely interested, and that's why it's so essential that we work so diligently as we do in this meeting to go through the problem, you know, to go through that doctor's opinion so we can learn who and what we are. We can learn if we're a compulsive overeater. You know, do we have that allergy of the body? Do we have that obsession of the mind? And then we go to Bill's story. Bill's story is that living, breathing example showing us that progression into that self-pitying morass, into that quicksand. And then we have there is a solution, and the large part of there is a solution talks about the problem. Because until we know that we are going to die, until we know the futility and the fatality of this disease, most of us, if not all of us, are not going to be sincerely interested. We want the companionship, we enjoy the, the idea of coming into a room and not feeling like a freak because we ate food out of the trash and we meet someone else who's eaten food out of the trash. And unfortunately, I had my, my nutritionist one time tell me when I was telling her the frustrations I was feeling about my meetings and all it was was a dumping ground of people just complaining and complaining and complaining. And she said to me, unfortunately, Kim, many away meetings are where compulsive overeaters go to die. Because that's what we're doing. We're, we are uniting on the problem. So if they're sincerely interested in the solution, and that's what our meetings are supposed to offer, we're supposed to offer the solution, then we're going to ask them to see what they're willing. I have a specific assignment I give people, not because I'm trying to be controlling, but I need to know if they're willing. And often people will come and say, why well, didn't this talk? I didn't have time to do the assignment. That's fine. Call me back when the assignment is done. Because I need to know if they're willing. Because the bottom line with this program is this is not for people who need it. 
And it's not even for people who want it. This is for people who do it. And if he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And it's not going to come from a sponsor. It's not going to come from a vision for you. It's that willingness and the desire have to come from that individual. And that we, ha- we, can only, we, we have to look for. And at that point, we take that person's hand and we walk them through these incredible, incredible 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Janice. Good morning. Go ahead, Janice. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. You know, remember here, the big book has been teaching us and telling us that we have been telling our own story to someone. We are, we are being reminded by telling our own story exactly who we are and how far we've come and where we're at and how this program has worked for us. So there's been some wonderful stuff happening for us because we're reminded in carrying the message exactly what's happened to us. So if we've told our story to someone and they can see in us this transformation, if they can see in us what's happened, they might even be more interested because if they're anything like me, They've been thinking about themselves and and sharing with you some of their own experiences. But now we have this book. Now we have this book. And they're thinking it over, the big book says. In this this paragraph we're being taught, they're, they're thinking it over. And perhaps our third tradition, you know, the only desire, the only desire to recover must come from within. You know, and that's the only requirement. The only requirement for us is that we have this desire. So when they look at this book, not only are they able to look at the first 164 pages, like I did, but the stories are there. And if they're reading the stories in the back of the book, perhaps they're, they're hearing from those stories other people's experience as well. So the big book is offering them the whole package, the full picture, that it's not only me who has recovered, but there are other people and other stories, and perhaps he can relate more to some of those than he could to me. You know, what a wonderful thing to be able to offer. But we know, we know it's a one-person job. That willingness is a one-person job. I cannot give that newcomer willingness. But sometimes what I ask people to do is to write a history for me, for themselves, of their compulsive overeating. Look at your history, I say. You know, look at your history, and then perhaps if you write that all down, you'll see whether or not you're a compulsive overeater like me. Maybe you'll see whether or not you're in that desperate place that I was. Because I don't know. I don't know, and I cannot make that decision for anybody else. And I cannot push them or prod them And no one else can do it for them either. But if they want it, if they want it, it's there, just like it was there for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Penny E? Go ahead, Penny. 
Thank you. Good morning. Penny E., Recovered Compulsive Overreader. What I love in here is if he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And, uh, of course, it's so important that we be recovered before we start sponsoring. We can't give to somebody what we don't have. And it's important as a newcomer to pick a recovered sponsor because the object of the game here is to find God. It doesn't say if he is to find abstinence, if he is to find a normal body size, if he is uh, to stop you know, the disease. It doesn't say that, stop drinking. It says if he, if he is to find God, which just reminds me, that is the whole purpose of this book, to help us establish a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. Um, it's real clear cut, but we're talking to the newcomer. He doesn't really know. He, she doesn't really know that the object of the game here is to find God. We come in because we're suffering. You know, we're suffering with this disease. We can't live with the food. We can't live without the food. So, anyway, thanks for letting me share. Have a beautiful, God-filled day, everybody. Thank you, Penny. Anyone else? This is Leah. I'll comment on this. If he is sincerely interested, if he's genuinely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. So if he's genuine, you know, if if uh, if if the disease has convinced him, you know, the disease gets uh, to the point where it will beat us into a state of reasonableness if we're lucky enough. You know, <laughs> I remember getting beaten to a bloody pulp. I remember the tears streaming down my cheeks and the heat within those tears. You ever cry and you feel the heat of your tear? You know, because it comes from the depths of a soul that is in <laughs> in, in a torturous state. Uh, it says... You know, after doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. This is a decision that comes from the depths of one's heart and one's soul. It is a choice that we make. You know, I remember lying in the floor, on the floor in my bedroom and making that choice. I remember making that choice. No one could make that choice for me. Willingness is a one-person job. For years, I had thrown everything I could at the obsession of the mind. I threw my intellect. I threw self-knowledge. I threw doctors. I threw therapists, psychiatrists, medications, remedies, methods, everything at the obsession of the mind. Nothing could, uh, <laughs> could conquer the obsession of the mind. I had to decide for myself whether I wanted to go on. That had to come from the guts of me. That had to come from within. You know, it was either take that blade and slice it across my wrist or make a different decision. There was no door number three. It was either continue to eat myself to death or insanity or to, uh, to uh, pick up this kit of spiritual tools that was presented at my feet. There was no door number three. I had been knocking for years trying to find another opening in this hell of an existence. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. I had, I had experienced that. The doctors pleaded with me. My parents pleaded with me. My friends pleaded with me. Therapists pleaded with me. My boss pleaded with me. You know, <laughs> it, that, it didn't matter how, many, how much somebody else wanted it for me. 
frothy emotional peel seldom suffices, my book says. It had to come from me. It says if he is to find God, the desire must come from within. Again, willingness is a one-person job. That desire, what do I long for? What do I long for? Do I long for, you know, a continuation of stuffing my fist into the bottom of a cellophane bag, seeking the ease and comfort for the next eight seconds? Or do I want a life of freedom? You know, and so these instructions to sponsors, this is exactly what uh, Chapter 7 is all about, working with others. How does a recovered person work with those who are still suffering? And recovered people, God uses them. Yes, God uses us. We are the agents, and we are necessary. But we are not sufficient in any way, really, to change a person. That change uh, has to come from within. We can be a catalyst, but there are hundreds and hundreds who listen. Just look at this line. Hundreds and hundreds, thank you, God, that listen. Do all of them recover? Sadly, the answer is no. And why is that? They all listen to the same message from the variety of messengers on this line. Why doesn't everybody recover? Because our words have to hit something in an individual. It has to touch somebody, some, an individual in their soul in order to provoke a change, in order to provoke a response. And that is a desire within that person, a small, maybe very, very, very small spark within that person that they desire a way out. Willingness, it's a one-person job. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? I'll take that as a no, and we'll move on to the next paragraph with Carol P., Thank you. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common and that you would like in any case to be friendly. Let it go at that. And I'd like to just briefly comment um, Maybe this person is still looking for the easier, softer way um, if he thinks he can do the job in some other way or needs another, a, a different spiritual approach. Um, I think those experiences were very good for me because um, I had to be convinced I was a real compulsive overeater and the disease did convince me. Um, and this says we have no monopoly on God. There's other ways. This is an approach that worked for us. Um, and I like it. I like that it. Uh, you know, if if the person isn't ready, you know, go out there and do your research. But we're going to be here when you are ready. And you know, this keeps the door open. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Carol P. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one. Sorry. This is Patricia. May I comment? Patricia, and I heard somebody else also. Helena. Helena. Patricia and Helena, please. Thank you. Yes. Um, I I have experienced this myself also about um, trying to find an easier, softer way in following my own conscience and stuff. 
And I have come to understand that we have no monopoly on God, that God has a path for me, just me. You know, and, and I love this because I'm learning so much about God and how he has a path for each and every one of us. So, you know, we, we, we merely have an approach that worked for us. You know, and, and this is so right because maybe God has a different path for them. Maybe they're not even a compulsive eater. Maybe they just have allergies. I have no idea. But this, this right here helps me to stay humble, you know, that I'm not God you know, and and they need to follow their own inner conscience, you know. Anyways, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Patricia. Helena, please. Helena, recovered in New Jersey. Um, If he thinks he can do the job some other way or prefer some other spiritual approach, not only let him, but encourage him. You know, we're here truly with an attitude of humility, as was just shared. I do not have the answer for you. I am not God, but you have a God that will help you to recover. And it's going to tell us in the next paragraph that we shouldn't be discouraged, you know, even if many people uh, choose a different way. And that actually this is a good thing that we can keep our hands off. I don't like to be persuaded with uh, people who are evangelists and reformers, as we were warned about in the beginning of this chapter. I like talk that is sane and quiet and full of human understanding and allows me to make my own decisions. And at the end of the chapter, it's going to say that nobody wants to be told about their disease by uh, somebody who hates it. You know, this is not the way it works. On the other hand, we have such hope. A vision for you tells us, you know, uh, on page 163, um, Thus we grow, and so can you, though you be but one man with this book in your hand. We believe and hope it contains all you will need to begin. And at the bottom of the page, you know, a fellow worker will soon have friends galore. Some may sink and perhaps never get up, but if our experience is a criterion, more than half of those approached will become fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. So we don't have to be afraid here. We don't have to save anyone. We are doing this because we are instructed that we must do this. We must reach out to others in order to recover ourselves and that God is going to do the work. Pass. Thank you, Helena. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. Paula, Janice, in that order, please. Thanks. And thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. You know, I'm going to scoot right down to that last line there, but point out that we alcoholics have much in common already. And that you would like, in any case, to be friendly and let it go with that. You know, to be friendly, he uses this word, I mean, it's sprinkled all through these paragraphs. Do you hear it? Friendship. Offer him your friendship. Be a friend. At least you've made a friend. Many times. And you know, to be a friend is one attached to another. By affection or regard, we're attached by our disease. Only we've been blessed with recovering. And here, we get the opportunity to, yes, do this 12 steps and do our service, but also to follow God and trust God for this person, for this person. It isn't, I'm starting to realize it's my trust in God. I have to know when to let go. I'm not letting go and throwing them out there. Hey, honey, God is still there. God is doing his working. 
Well, I'm a-waiting, and he's a-hurting. So I'm a-praying. And then you can truly let it go with that. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you. Janice? Thank you, Leah. I love this paragraph because it gives me it gives me such a great reminder about love and tolerance is our code. You know, that we never talk down to someone from a spiritual high top. You know, it says that at the top of the page. And what they're telling me here is offer him friendship and fellowship. You know, offer him friendship and fellowship. And if he thinks he can do the job some other way, if he thinks he perhaps has some other spiritual approach he wants to try, encourage him. Encourage him to follow his own conscience. Because it's not going to work for him if someone is twisting his arm and trying to convince him and he's not truly convinced himself. You know, then then our way of life is not the way of life for him. You know, if he has some other way that he wants to try, sincerely encourage him. Send him off with love, I like to say. Send him off with love and say that you'd like to continue to be friendly. You know, that that just because he does not want my way, this 12-step way, doesn't mean that he might not change his mind at some other point. And I don't want to send somebody out. I don't want to be rolling my eyes or be frustrated or or think that I have the way and why don't they just jump on board. You know, I just like to be open-minded and say, I'd still like to be friendly. You know, if, if you're anything like me, we're facing some of the same things. You know, somehow that spark might have been ignited. It might not be a fire yet, but there might be a spark there. And it may, it may be that some, at some point he comes back and says, I've decided that I want to try your way. But if I haven't sent him off with love, if I haven't sent him off with encouragement to follow his own conscience, then what's he going to want to come back to me for and talk some more about this? You know, I want to keep that door open always, always. So that if, like me, the disease finally gets him to that place where he is without hope and without help, that he might remind, be reminded of the conversation that we had. So in any case, let it go at that. Let it go at that. And then the door will always be open. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Leah. It says, if he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. So actually, the big book, which is written to help that alcoholic come out of the gutter, is saying here, if he thinks he can do it in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him, actually support him, give him a little strength, a little courage, a little hope uh, to follow his own conscience. You know, AA does not represent itself as the only way out of King Alcohol's mad realm. (laughs) It simply shines a light on the way that was taken by its earliest members. 
It is a way that, yes, has allowed those who had a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to be recovered. That's true. But it's saying here, if he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefer some other spiritual approach, encourage him, give him a little support. You know, we also read that early in the text in the uh, forward to the second edition when it says, upon therapy for the alcoholic himself, we surely have no monopoly. Yet it is our great hope that all those who have as yet found no answer may begin to find one in the pages of this book and will presently join us on the road to high road to a new freedom. So indeed, it's stating clearly that they don't believe they have a monopoly. That's true. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach. We have an implementation of these steps that worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common and that you would like in any case to be friendly. Let it go at that. This is about sponsorship, this chapter. And sponsorship is about relationships. It's about dealing with other human beings. It's about, as Janice just said, love. It's about love. It's about reaching out one's hand to someone who's still suffering and saying, hey, if you need some help, I'll be happy to guide you through these very same directions that led me out of the bondage of the quicksand. But this is not about power, and this is not about personal recognition, and this is not about personal success. That's what it's not about. Because it's not a question of compulsive overeaters giving me giving us sponsors anything. Our stability comes out of trying, trying to give, not out of demanding that we receive anything. This is about building bridges. It's not about building walls. It's about love. It's about if you're not ready, that's okay. I look forward to seeing you if indeed you come back. That's it. That's all. It's about love. With that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Okay, then. Well, looks like we're out of time. Thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. Lois, Rebecca, Penny E., Judy B., Carol B., Fran, Janice, Patricia, Helena, Paula, Kim, Kathy, Nancy, Linda, Betty Ann, anyone else if I missed you. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Fran, will you please read a vision for you? Yes. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, vision for you. This is Fran, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, pass.